You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 61. Well, guys, we're doing it again today. We're going to the YouTube archives. You know, I feel in my heart that it's just time to consolidate and unify our content across all our platforms. You know, I've been spending a lot of time just encouraging you in the practical areas of life. But the farther I get into ministry and the more I fall in love with Jesus and the more I come into a revelation of his grace, I just can't be silent about it. I've got to come out and let you know that I am all grace. I'm all in. Um, About 12 years ago, I had a major uh, collision with myself, my good works, my self-passion, my self-effort, and my self-righteousness. And the light of Jesus blinded me, knocked me off of my high horse on my way to Damascus, and I had a grace encounter. I've never been the same. And so today we're going to jump into a YouTube archive called Love God Second. That's right. I said Love God Second. Um, You'll never love God more than he loves you. We love him because... He first loved us. And I don't want to spoil this content, so we're going to just jump right in. I'll come in sometime halfway just to remind you to subscribe and all that stuff. But let's just jump right into the content. Again, I'm taking this from a YouTube archive entitled Love God Second. A lot of Christians believe that we're supposed to love God first with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul and all our strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But what if Jesus brought a new commandment? What if Jesus actually taught us that we're supposed to love God second? I can see a lot of wheels turning right now and a lot of question marks popping up. Don't go away, this is gonna be awesome, so let's jump into it. A lot of Christians really believe down in their heart that they are supposed to love God 100% with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and all their strength. And they're supposed to love their neighbor as themselves. You know, they've been taught that for so long. But I believe that Jesus came bringing a different concept. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't put God first, but there's something about loving God that Jesus wanted to teach us, that Jesus wanted to bring and and help us understand the real heart of the Father, the real love of God. Okay, let's start off in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 34 through 38, and I'll be starting with verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Verse 35, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the Pharisees were always trying to trap Jesus and they were always trying to to get him to say something that they could accuse him and legally prosecute him and persecute him. And they did later on, even after they had found out that there was nothing that they could say against him, um, they crucified him anyway, but they never could trap him. Jesus was too wise, too smart, and knew ahead of time what was coming. But whenever Jesus would answer the Pharisees, he would always answer them on their terms. 
He would always answer them the way they wanted him to answer them because he was answering them according to the law that they practiced. If you look back in this passage, the Pharisees asked him, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And I want to emphasize these three words in the law. And so Jesus answered that question. Here is the greatest commandment or greatest commandments, the top two according to your law, according to the law that you live by. Jesus was challenging them. Remember when Jesus wrote in the dirt or wrote on the stones of the temple pavement after they had stoned the woman and they brought her before Jesus and Jesus stooped down to write in the, in the, in the stones. Basically what he was doing is he was challenging the Pharisees that they had failed the law just like the woman caught in adultery. So they set it up to challenge Jesus according to the law. And I love how Jesus was always challenging the Pharisees according to the way they practiced the law themselves, the way that they obeyed the law, and they always found themselves wanting and lacking and deficit in the scales. And so that's what Jesus was doing here. He was saying, according to your law, the law that you practice, you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I could see him looking at the Pharisees, challenging them, do you really do it? Do you really obey all the law? And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. This is a challenging question because the Pharisees thought of themselves more highly than they should. You know, my dad used to say that the Pharisees were fair, you see, and the Sadducees were oh so sad, you see. And so when they loved others, they were loving others according to their religious piety, their self-righteousness. In other words, they really weren't loving others. They were looking down on others. They were looking at them through the eyes of the old covenant, the lens of the law, and they were always judging people. You really can't love somebody if you're always judging them. And that's the way the law and the prophets hung. You love God with all your heart. That's number one. You don't fail in any way. You love him and you give him 100% and you don't fail him in your mind, your soul, and your spirit. And you'll be held accountable. Deuteronomy 28, if you obey all these commandments, these blessings will come upon you. But if you fail to do any one of these commandments, these curses shall come upon you. So the demand of the law was very, very high. Peter even asked Jesus one time, how can anyone get to heaven unless our righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And the only way that we can exceed the righteousness of the, of the Pharisees is to accept grace because through grace, we rise above the standards and the demands of the law. So Jesus was challenging the Pharisees based on the way they lived by the law and the law that they lived by. You know, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And so this, again, put them like deer in headlights. You know, Jesus was shining a spotlight on their own misdeeds, their own failure to live up to the standard that they upheld so often. You see, it's challenging for any of us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Why is that? true. Well, it's because sometimes we don't really love ourselves. Sometimes we're uh, very insecure and we're very disappointed in ourselves and we have lots of regrets and lots of issues. And so we love others out of a deficit of our own heart. To truly love others the way the law demands, we've got to love them perfectly too. Because if we love God perfectly, then we must also love others perfectly. And I can tell you right now, me included at the top of the list, I don't always do such a good job 
at loving others. And I don't always do a great job at loving God. In fact, most of the time I really try to love God. Somewhere or another, I'm failing Him or disappointing myself in the way that I love God. You see, according to the law, there was no deficit or any room for deficit or uh, less than 100%. You had to love God with all your heart, with all your soul. You could never be selfish. You could never be withholding. It always had to be pure, unadulterated, and genuine love for God. That's the way the law demanded it. But then later on, Jesus gathered the disciples close to himself. And I love the way he did this. And I've mentioned this before in previous videos. Jesus here in this passage I just read to you is talking to the Pharisees, to religious people, to those who don't understand his heart, nor have any intention on understanding his heart. So what's happening here is Jesus is speaking one way to the Pharisees, but then later on he gathers the disciples and he explains to them his heart for them. You know, the law, the old covenant keeps us at a distance. We were always at fear or in dread or in terror of God, so we stayed distant. But in the new covenant, through grace, we come close to understand the revelation of God's heart. You see, we have to know God's heart before we attack his law. We need to understand his will and his purpose and his heart for us and his love for us before we shoot for holiness. You know, a lot of us shoot for holiness and shoot for loving God and shoot for doing right uh, and, and, and draw our bows back and shoot over God's heart, shoot over his love, shoot over over him drawing us near. The closer in proximity we are to hearing the heart of God, we hear what his true motive is for us. And so Jesus pulls his disciples together. And I love what he says to them after he's talked to the Pharisees and, you know, and after he, you know, addresses them in so many places in scripture. I love what the book of John says when Jesus draws his disciples close together. He pulls them together and he says, a new commandment I give you. And in John 13, 34, Jesus tells the disciples in one of his private meetings, he says, a new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. Now, I want you to think about this. This is a command of Jesus. Jesus said, I want you to teach, go into all the world and teach people whatsoever I have commanded you to observe my commandments, to observe my teachings. Jesus was often telling the disciples, beware or watch out for the leaven of the scribes and Pharisees. The leaven wasn't sin. The leaven was the teaching of the scribes and Pharisees. And Jesus was often saying, listen, you got to watch out for their teaching because they're teaching you with a closed mind. They're teaching you something based that was written on stone. But I have come that you might have life. I'm the bread of life. I'm the water of life. I'm the truth. I'm the door. Jesus said, you got to come through me and I'm going to give you a different perspective of the heart of the father. And this verse I just read you, John 13, 34, is a command. It's, a, it's an imperative. It's not a demand. It's an imperative. Listen, I'm going to give you a new commandment. Commandment number 11 is to love one another as I have loved you. Not as yourselves, but as I have loved you. You know what that means to me? That means to me that as I have loved you needs to come first before loving your neighbor. Jesus said, in order for you to love people the way you're supposed to love people, you have to receive love from me first. Hey guys, I wanna take just a short break right here in the middle to remind you to subscribe to this podcast 
Leave us a generous review. Come on, give us five stars and tell us what you think. And then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you're hearing today. The whole purpose of this podcast is to help others discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every single area of their life. And you know some people right around you who need to know this gospel of grace about how much Jesus loves us. It's not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave himself for us. First John chapter four, verse 10. So as we're ingesting this and learning about loving God second, apply it, let him love you, let him speak to you and feel you. And in turn, you'll have more passion and more love and more zeal and energy to serve God than ever before. Remember in Revelation chapter two, the pastor that had fallen and he had uh, lost his influence and his light had gone out. He had lost the influence of his church. And Jesus said, I have this against you. He wasn't saying, I'm mad at you. I'm disconnected from you. I'm angry with you. He says, this is the problem. You've left first love. And a lot of people look at that as saying, yeah, I stopped loving God. I stopped serving God. I stopped giving attention to God. I stopped doing the things that I should do. And Jesus is trying to pull us away from that doing mindset, that that first love mindset in us that says, I got to love God first. No, first you have to receive love from God. You have to believe that he loves you, that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, that he will never write you off, that he will never put you out or cast you out. The scripture says, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. You see, it's so important for you to maintain this mindset that God loves me first. We sing the song all the time. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. You see, we can't love God. We can't love others. We can't walk this grace walk. We can't live to the fullness of our potential unless we first really believe that God loves us first. That's first love. It's not that we love God, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he first loved us or that he loved us. So what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples in John chapter 13, 34, it's not that you love God, guys, but the new covenant is that we receive love from God first. We receive love from Jesus to love one another as Christ has loved us. You see, in the old covenant, it was love God first. In the new covenant, it's let Jesus love you first. It's a different way of living. It's not living for Jesus, it's living from Jesus. It's living from that place of first love. We loved him because he first loved us. I mean, think about it, even in worship, what do we really have to give God anyway? We are spiritually bankrupt. We are an empty wallet. We are an empty bank account. All we have to give him is an open heart in need of love. And that's why the Bible says, approach the throne of grace in time of need. You know, a lot of people just don't feel like they're needy. I'm not a needy sinner. I'm a needy saint. I've been changed from the inside out. My life now belongs to Jesus. I have a new nature, a new name. I am born again, but I'm still in great need. And whenever I come to God, I have to remember that it's him I need first. He has everything to give. I have nothing to give. You know what God wants from you? He wants an open heart that's in need of his love. You see, when you allow 
God to remind you that he loves you, that it's unconditional, that he sent his son into the world to die for us while we were yet sinners. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How can we not love a God like that? How can we not follow and pursue and give God more and give God everything we have when we first receive his love? I'm here to tell you guys, we don't love God first. We love him second. We can only love him second because his love for us will always be greater than any measure that we give to him. How high, how wide, how measureless, how deep, how awesome is the love of God for us and that he sent Jesus. You know, Jesus is God's proof that he really does love us. You couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. I was dead in my trespasses and sins, but while I was still afar off, my father looked at me, saw me coming down the road and ran to me before I could get to him. You see, you cannot outlove God. And so you just might as well give up trying to love God first. I'm not saying we shouldn't put him first, but who couldn't put God first when knowing that he really loves us in this way, that it's unconditional, that it's non-judging, that it's non-condemning. God never looks at us and says, I need more from you. You're not giving me enough because that's the law. That's what the law says. You're not enough. You can't give enough. You can't do enough. You can't be enough. And you know what God did? He realizes that. He knew that. He planned that from the beginning. And Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. God knew that the law was impossible to fulfill. So he sent his son to do it for you and me. The Bible says what the law could not do, Jesus did for us. That's such a powerful revelation of God's love to us. Knowing that God loves you is not a one-time realization. Oh, I I know that God loves me. Now I got to get started. I got to grow up. You know, you can't grow apart from grace. I've said it so often. Second Peter 3 and 18 says, for we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. See, the way we grow and mature in our love for God and in our love for others is knowing how much God loves us. That's how we mature in it. So it has to be a continual returning to this understanding. It's a reminding of yourself. I love what Martin Luther once said. He said, I preach the gospel, the goodness of God's grace, as I've taught you so many times. He said, I preach the gospel to myself every day because I forget. You know, we don't have a serving God problem or a loving God problem. We have a memory problem. We forget how much he loves us. When we continually return to this mindset to remind ourselves of God's great love for us, if we let that wash over us, that first love wash over us, we'll love God better on accident than we could on purpose. We'll fulfill the purposes of God in our life. We'll walk much stronger with more joy and more vision and, and more gladness. You know, so many Christians just aren't glad anymore. They're just down. They're, they're, they're somber and they're sour and they're just plain mean and grumpy all the time. You know, the cure for a grumpy Christian is to stop trying so hard for God and start trusting that he loves you 100%. You know, the scriptures are so clear. It says that faith works by love. What what does that mean? It doesn't mean I need to love people more so my faith will work. It means when I know 
that God truly loves me without condition, without performance, without fulfillment of all my obligations, when I know that he truly loves me unconditionally, my faith will work. You know, one time I was uh, landing in an airport uh, going to a ministry event. And, uh, you know, as I usually do before I'll get out of the plane, I'll just whisper a prayer to the Lord. Lord, as my feet hit this ground out of this plane, Lord, I just pray that you would just begin to let your presence be made known in my life as I approach this ministry weekend. And I kind of walk through, you know, just a consistent praying and, and meditating on the Lord when I, when I land in a new place to minister. And uh, as I was sitting there and I looked out the window, I started to pray and I felt condemned. I felt this sense of I'm not even worth God's presence right now because the previous week had been very busy. I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in devotion and in the Bible. You know, and I've been doing this for so long and, and you know, I'm preaching grace, but at that moment, I felt myself slipping back into that mindset of the law. And as I was looking out that window, the scripture, the Holy Spirit reminded me, he said, Tony, your faith works because you know I love you. Faith works by love. So get your mind. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Tony, get your mind off of what you have done or what you haven't done and get your mind on what I've done for you. I'm going to use you this weekend. I'm going to powerfully bless the people through you. It's not going to be you. It's going to be me. So just relax. Enjoy my love. Enjoy my unconditional salvation. Enjoy my unconditional presence in your life. You have unconditional closeness with God. You don't have to push to get close to God. You just open your arms and receive the closeness of God. This is not a relationship that we achieve. It's a relationship that we receive. It's not based on rules. It's based on a relationship. It's not based on what you've done. It's based on what Christ has done for you. Don't slip back into performance-based living. Dwell or lay back into promise-based living. You don't get what you get from God because of what you do. You get from God because of what he does. God doesn't bless you because of your faithfulness. He blesses you because of Christ's faithfulness. If I got everything I deserve today, I probably wouldn't be here and I probably wouldn't be sharing this with you. So every good and perfect gift comes down from God and it's a gift and I get to receive it because I don't deserve it. So wouldn't that make anybody love God more? Wouldn't that make anybody give a higher percentage of love to God? So can I just tell you to relax? I'm not asking you to be lazy. I'm not asking you to stop being creative and work and labor for the kingdom. I mean, I'm working harder than I ever have. Me making this video right now is laborious. It's hard sometimes to sit here and do this, but I'm driven by a different passion. I'm driven by a different force. I'm driven by a different spirit. It's the Holy Spirit living in me. It's not a spirit-forced life. It's a spirit-filled life. I'm filled with the measure of Christ. I'm filled with his goodness. I'm filled with his blessing. Blessing. I'm filled with his love 100% and running over. And because of that, it spills out into the things that I do for Christ. I can only do for him as I receive from him. You know, my energy doesn't come from self-motivation. It comes from the motivation that God gave his son. He gave all he had to me. He loves me 100%. And my faith works effortlessly when I truly rest on that and believe it with all my heart. I hope this has spoken to you today. I hope you'll just rest 
rest. I hope you'll do what Paul says to enter diligently into that rest. You know, the work that we should be doing is resting. We should be 100% jumping into this rest mindset that we don't have to strive and fight with God. We don't have to wrestle with God. The battle is over. Jesus Christ accomplished everything you need in your life, both for living and life and serving him with passion and purpose and with a 100% whole heart. So God bless the person watching this video and let them know how much you've already blessed them, how much you've already given them through Christ and that they are seated with you, that they're not living for you. They're not striving for you. They're living from Jesus. They're living with a new mindset. They're receiving love from God first so that they can love you second and love others second. God, I thank you for that revelation through Jesus that we truly get to love you second and receive love from you first. Man, that is all the time we have left for today. We could talk about the love of God forever. It's inexhaustible. You know, there's a awesome worship song out there that says, I could sing of your love forever. Why? Because it goes on and on and on. Again, 1 John 4 and 10 says, it's not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave himself for us. We got to remember, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. That's why he loves first and we love him second. Hey, if this podcast has encouraged you, I want to remind you to subscribe to it. Leave us a generous review. Give us five stars and tell us what you think. And then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you've heard today. Hey, listen, I'll be back again real soon with another encouraging teaching, something to help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.